0: Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of The Porch Church. We hope today's message blesses you and encourages you in your spiritual journey. If you have questions, visit us on the web, www.theporchchurch.tv. this shirt came from. (laughs) It showed up at my house, and I assume I'll find out tomorrow during my staff meeting where it came from. Uh, But we are uh, in the middle of a series that we're calling In Sync with God, and uh, we're having a wee bit of fun with that. I hope that's okay with you. Uh, Somebody said this morning, any day you start out with Justin is a good day, so obviously I affirm that statement. Uh, But we're having a little bit of fun talking about our connection with God staying in sync. Last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit is our connection, right? He's kind of the, the power source behind our connection with God who's kind of always out there, always present, but really the Holy Spirit is what is what tunes us in. And we talked about the fact that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, right? It's not just up here with a microphone on Sunday. It's not just maybe church as you and I picture it, but in First Corinthians 4.20 it says that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but of power. And so that was kind of where we ended things off last week. Somebody actually shared a, a verse with me this week, and I thought it tied in uh, great to last week's message. This is Philippians. 2, 13 in the New Living Translation, it says, for God is working in you, giving the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. If we're going to be a church, if we're going to be a place where the Spirit of God is presence, where the kingdom of God has come, then God manifests Himself in the power to do what pleases Him, what honors Him, and that uh, brings Him glory and honor. As Greg prayed and talked us through, right, worship is ascribing worth to God, saying your worth everything that is within me. You're worth my entire life. But today I want to I wanna kind of take the opposite side of the coin. What about when you feel disconnected from God? What about when God feels far away? What about those times, those seasons, those places in life where it doesn't feel like you're connected, like you're in step or in sync with the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? What does that do? How do we walk through that? How do we reconcile some of the truths of our faith, right, that God is always present, that he's always nearby, that he's close to the brokenhearted with perhaps what's going on in our experiences or our lives, right, where we just feel like, man, God, if you're close, then why is all this happening? Have you ever been there? Honest people, come on, right? We've all been there at some point, right, and kind of going, God, if you're so good, if you're so holy, if you are always right next to me, then how are you missing this colossal thing that's going on in my life. How do we walk through those seasons? How do we walk through those times? What do they tell us about the nature and the character of God, and what do they tell us about ourselves. This is where I love the Psalms, especially David's Psalms, because the Psalms are just his like private poetry, right? It's almost like his diary where he just expresses things, and there are times where I'm reading through the Psalms, and I'm like, I don't know that you can say that, right? Like I think that's out of bounds, David. You need to chill out, and yet the Psalms are just this beautiful picture of struggling with faith, both with a God who is close and perhaps one who often at times feels distant. Here's a great example. This is Psalm 139. You've probably heard this before, but this might be one answer that we have to what do we do when God's Spirit is far away. David says, where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Part of David's answer, at least in this particular instance, is Look, God's always there, right? Whether we feel Him or not, whether we can acknowledge that or not, God is just There, We can't get away from Him. We can't escape Him, which means that we've got some processing to do internally for if we've ever honestly felt like God is disconnected, like He's far away. And so today I just kind of want to walk through a conversation, maybe a diagnosis, if you will. Maybe you can think back again to a time in your life where God felt particularly distant or far away, or maybe you can even just be in the moment now and going, yeah, maybe there's something in my relationship. That's keeping me from God. But let's just walk through a couple of symptoms. Let's diagnose a couple of possible answers. And maybe this will help you in a future date. Maybe this will help you as you walk through and counsel a friend. Or maybe this will hit you right where you're at this morning. But if God is always there, We're trying to diagnose what the connection is, what's keeping us from Him, and we're going to talk about a couple of those things. The first one might be the most obvious one, and also maybe the easiest one to either glance over or get completely taken aback with, and it's as simple as a three-letter word, sin. right? God's out there, he's always present, but I feel a disconnect. It could be that there is sin in your life. Sin's a big, scary, kind of ugly word. It's a church word, right? When's the last time somebody used the word sin, not in a church context, right? Can you ever think of a time when you were just like hanging out with somebody from work and they were talking about sins? not connected to the Bible or not connected. It's a weird word. It's a weird concept, right? It doesn't necessarily enter into our daily conversation. So let's define our terms. What are we talking about with sin? Some people would say that sin is any failure to be as perfect as God. Right? That's a lot, right? Then we're like stuck in sin. There's no way out of this because you're, you're not God, right? Everybody okay with that? You're not God, you're not ever going to be God. So there's got to be some kind of third way forward. There's got to be some kind of neutral path. I I love this definition. It's a definition that John Wesley uh, kind of penned, and it's one that I always kind of remember uh, that sin is a willful transgression against the known will of God. Sin is a willful transgression, it's something that we intentionally do. Again, the known or revealed or prescribed will of God, i.e., it's written down in the Scripture, and so it's been played out to you, or God's dealt with you before, and so you go, yeah, I know that that is wrong. See, sin, I think, we're, we're kind of working with a sync dialogue, so I kind of pictured everything with a cell phone. Is that cool? Y'all know what a cell phone is? Y'all have those things, right? So, you ever, you ever broken the screen on your phone? Yeah, right? And all God's people said, amen. So annoying, so frustrating. Does your phone still work? usually, right? But there's something in between it, right? It it breaks the fellowship. It breaks your ability to interact with your phone. It's not as smooth. It's not as crystal clear. There's, there's something in the way. A lot of times in Christendom, in Christian faith, we go, sin separates us from God. If I am a sinner, then God has totally abandoned me. He's so far away from me because I'm steeped in my sin. Again, we can read through the Psalms of David and see this all all over the place and there's a degree to which that's true. I don't want to minimize sin. I don't want to make it seem like it's no big deal, but the reality is that the God who is ever present has an answer for our sin problem right? That, that even though the screen of our faith, even though the fellowship with God might be shattered and cracked as it were, God does not simply abandon us. In fact, he does the exact opposite. Scripture says that when we were steeped in our sin, when we were at our very worst, that's when Jesus came to save us, to restore right relationship with God. Translation, Jesus fixes the screen of our cell phone. Does that resonate with you? That he breaks the, that the fellowship that was broken, the pieces that come in between God and I, the places of sin and brokenness within my heart and my life are a big deal. They break fellowship with God, but there is already an answer, and that's to have God fix the screen. So when it comes to sin, what we're really talking about is things that break faith with God. God says don't do that, and we do that. God says, this is the prescribed way to walk in, this is the way to receive life, and we have a tendency to go, yeah, but that was a long time ago, right? Are you all awake this morning? I'm having fun up here, because I got the Justin Timberlake shirt on. I just want to make sure that you're with me. We're just having a conversation here, right? But, but there are pieces where, where, where sin comes in and it breaks fellowship with God, and we have this opportunity then to change our perspective, to have God go, hey, don't walk this way, go that way. And we think, yeah, but I kind of know what's best for my life. I kind of know its I mean, I know, that you, I know that you said that. I know that that's in Scripture. I know that if I asked a pastor or a Christian friend that they'd tell me not to do this thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because you're breaking fellowship with God. You're being your own God if we really want to get down to it. You're setting a pathway forward to living your life. Life Sin is a willful transgression against the known will of God. And it's really the problem is that it's a breaking of fellowship. It's something that comes in between the relationship with God. But the good news of Jesus Christ, the hope of God, is that we can be restored and fixed and that all of those cracks can be taken care of. But the real issue is that it's a break in the relationship, in our fellowship. It's a matter of the direction and the posture of our hearts. That's why we say that there are sins of omission and sins of commission. Omission and commission, right? Big words. Omission means, hey, I didn't know, right? Oops, my bad. When you get convicted of this kind of sin, it's when you weren't aware of something and then through reading the scripture or through talking with somebody or through praying with God, you go, oh, I didn't realize that I was outside of fellowship and faith with God. And you say, God, please forgive me. I didn't realize that I was out of bounds, that I was out of play. We've all been there, especially when maybe you are young in your faith or as you step into, there are things in our lives that we just don't realize break the heart of God, that he's got better things for us. And there are sins of commission, which is what we usually think about. These are sins that we commit, where we intentionally choose to break fellowship with God. Just like you would intentionally break the screen on your cell phone, right? Said no one ever. Nobody would intentionally break the screen on the cell phone. But when we sin against God, when we do a sin of commission, it's like taking your phone and just slamming it on… How great would it be if I had my phone and I did that right now? I should have done that. That would have been awesome. Or an old one, right? Like that's what a sin of commission is. You're just willingly going, I'm breaking fellowship with God intentionally. And sometimes we minimize that in our own lives, sometimes we don't take the full account to it, but the reality is that sin comes in between us and God. And the fix is Jesus, but if we could put another churchy word to replace sin, it would be this word, it would be the word repent right? Repent is all over in the Scriptures. If you've heard any good preacher preach on repentance, right, they talk about this idea that to repent means to turn 180 degrees. Is that a familiar idea to you, that we're going one way, right, that we are walking in perhaps a sin of commission, intentionally walking away from God, intentionally breaking faith, breaking the screen on our cell phone, and to repent is to turn 180 degrees around and to go, no, I want to intentionally live my life to pursue Jesus. I want to walk away from the sins that so easily entangle us and instead walk directly on a pathway to God. 1 John 1.9 says it the most clearly to me that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and He will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If, there's, if you feel disconnected from God, if you feel like there's something in your relationship that comes between you and God, it might be that there's a sin in your life. It might be something that you've kept hidden that you don't want to talk about. It might be something that you choose not to acknowledge as a sin. It might be something from your past. It might be something from your present. But the reality is that God is always present, that He longs and desires to spend time with you, and that if there's something in between of that, the answer, the fix to it, is to repent, is to turn 180 degrees and to walk in a different direction. Not the most popular of message, not the most easiest thing, but if we take a moment to perhaps diagnose what's in between you and God, it may be that there's a sin there. So what do you do? First John 1, 9, pray and confess. Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been walking in this direction. I know that it's wrong. I know that you've asked me to stop. I know that you've asked me to not continue in this direction, but I keep doing it. God, forgive me. I repent, and I go in a different direction fix the screen on your cell phone. Remove the barrier. If there's something in between you and God, it might be sin. Heavy enough? We all doing okay? You all with me still? Let's talk about something else. What else could be coming in between you and God, in between this fellowship with the Holy Spirit? It could just be a simple matter of time, right? How many of you guys have ever gone on a business trip or been separated from your spouse or significant other for any length of time? There there comes that time, right, where you're just missing each other, where you're wanting to spend time. But if you've done it for any length of time, I'm talking like greater than a week, maybe a month, maybe even longer than that. And when you come back together together, it's awkward, right? Like, there's just a little bit of tension there. Like, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where I'm at. I always kind of think military families go through this so, so tremendously, right? Because they they go away for such a long time. They accomplish a mission. They serve overseas, and they break fellowship. They spend so much time apart as a family that it can take some time to get back into a rhythm of what our family looks like. We can still be in love. We can still be in relationship, but it just takes time to get back in sync. Are you with me? Let's talk about cell phones again, right? So if God's the connection point out there and the Holy Spirit is our connection, it might be that we have a dead battery, right? Might just need some time to recharge, that the thing that's coming in between your relationship with God, between this God who's out there and loves you, might just be the simple notion of time, that that your battery's out of charge and you need to spend some time recharging, plugged in to the power source, as it were. This can look like rhythms and habits. This can look like prayer and Bible reading. We're going to talk about this next week as we talk about how do we put habits in place in our lives that keep us in sync and in rhythm with God. But if feel if you feel distant from God, if you feel like there's something far away, it might be just that you haven't put the time into the relationship in this season of your life. It might be that you need to spend some quality time with God, getting back into your devotional habits, getting back into your prayer life, joining a life group, a small group, a Bible study to find that time and opportunity to spend growing and nurturing your relationship with God. Because continually we move away from those times of significance with God. We step back in those instances. God is always present. He always wants to be with us, but we get busy. Amen? When we pull away, we find ourselves breaking fellowship with God, and then when we come back together and we plop open our Bibles, it kind of just feels like words on the page. Is that just me? Right? We have those times, those spaces, those opportunities where we know God's out there, we know that he has what's best for us, but we just haven't spent the time in the relationship. We haven't spent the time plugged in to recharge and be in sync with God. Something that may be coming between you and your relationship with God, that feeling of disconnect in worship or when you open your Bible, might just be a habit of time spent, might just be the ability to spend more time in his presence, more time together. It might be a little awkward at first, right? It might be a little bit weird at first. There might be conversations that you've been avoiding having or have been avoiding listening to. There might be places where you're just going, man, I just don't know if this feels right. But the way to overcome that feeling of disconnectedness is to spend more time being connected, not less, right? This comes back to our church relationships. If you're only doing God on Sunday, It's just not going to work out for you. It was never meant to be that way. Church is not the one-stop shop for our connection and relationship with God. It's an encouragement. It's a power source. It's fuel for the fire, absolutely. But if you want a solid relationship with a God who loves you through Jesus, it takes a day in and day out walk with him. That doesn't mean you come to church every day, but it means that you have rhythms and habits, places in your lives where you pour into that relationship and that connection. Because here's the truth, right? There's nothing between you and God. If you've addressed the sin issue, you go, okay, is there, is there anything between me and you? No, I don't feel like there's anything I need to confess or repent of. I think my heart's clear. Then a next step for you might be to go that there's nothing between God and I, but I need to choose to spend more time with him. I need to choose to step in. I need to intentionally recharge my batteries to recharge my relationship with God. So if we're walking through diagnosing this problem, right, there may be something blocking you. There may be a sin in your life. To fix that, you need to repent, you may just be out of sync with God because of the times and the available spaces that you have to meet with Him. The fix for that is to recharge yourself, is to plug in, is to get involved in regular habits that draw you into God's presence, that bolster your relationship with Him. Now, there's a third maybe option here, and this is kind of a, uh, an, an obscure one. It's one that doesn't get talked about a lot, but, but there's something in Christian literature, in Christendom, um, that's affectionately called the dark night of the soul. Anybody heard? of the dark night of the soul at all? Let me just explain it to you real briefly. The the idea is that as we pursue Christ over the course of our lives, there, there come moments and times in our lives where God's voice either is or appears to be silent. Right? Your devotional habits haven't changed. You're still in the Word. You're still in prayer. You're still in right fellowship with Christians around you. There's no sin that you're aware of, either by omission or commission, that you've committed against God. But there's just a season of absence in which God perhaps has something to teach you that does not rely on His voice. A picture for this might be if you've got your cell phone and you've got full bars, but you can't make a phone call. You've got full service, you're in connection with God, you know He's out there, you're picking up the signal, but you just can't reach out, there's just something in the way. Uh, Another way that we might illustrate this is that when it comes to speaking about faith, we seldom encounter or we seldom prop up the voice of doubt, right? We see them as enemies, right? That in order to put faith in Jesus means that I must have no doubts that He is the Son of God. the the problem with that is that we miss a real journey piece in which doubt is an absolute necessity to express faith. Here's what I mean by that. If you're 1,000% certain, you don't have faith. You have fact, right? Are you with me within this? Is this over our heads? Need more coffee? If we have facts, right? we have scientific facts. These are reproducible in a lab. These are things that we can constantly duplicate, constantly reproduce. Faith is not that. That's not what God invites us into. That's not what Jesus invites us into. Jesus invites us into an ever-increasing path of trust, of putting faith in him, of putting faith in God who is unseen. Right? If Jesus came back today and plopped down on the stage and we had a conversation and television cameras, right, the people online could all catch him, there would be no doubt to who he is and what he does. He didn't do that, though, did he? Instead, he invites us on a journey of faith. And too often in this scientific world that we live in, we downplay faith for fact and we miss this piece of doubt in our relationship with God. Here's kind of my, my drawing force there. Sometimes we feel distant from God simply because we're going through a little bit of doubts in our faith. They can be small doubts about, God, is this really what you're about? Is this really what you're like? Is church really how, it, how you wanted us to follow you? Is this kind of worship, is this kind of expression really what you had in mind? Sometimes they can be bigger doubts. God, are you even real? Are you even out there? Can I even trust in this Son of God Jesus story from 2,000 years ago? And in Christian world, we downplay our doubts. We don't give them a space to be expressed. We don't allow them into the conversation of faith, and my, my simple challenge to you is that if you feel like there's a bit of doubt in your relationship with God, that you are in safe space, not only in a church family, but standing on the shoulders of hundreds of thousands of Christ followers who have gone before us. Translation: There, there may be nothing between you and God. You're just full, further developing your faith. Does that resonate with you? as we ask questions as we wrestle as we dig into the scripture and we have questions and and maybe we use that word doubts but that's frowned upon right we can't say doubts in church and in relationship to Jesus but the reality is that without owning up to those doubts we rob ourselves of the journey Of faith. Sometimes in our walk with God, there isn't a sin that's coming between us, nor is there any time that's been misspent. It may just be a refining piece of our faith. In other words, you might be exactly where God wants you. And the fix is not to do anything different, it's not to go make a repair, it's not to repent and go 180 degrees or to just spend like your entire life devoted in Bible study and prayer. It may be just to persevere through a quiet season. It may be to have a friendly conversation with another believer and say, can we just go out to coffee? This is my experience. This is what's going on in my life. God feels quiet or I'm doubting some elements of my faith. And to walk into those things instead of to push them down and out. Because when we don't express those doubts, when we don't express those questions of our faith, we actually undermine our faith in Jesus. It leads us to being hypocritical, saying that we believe one thing, but in actuality we believe, live out, and do another. Do you see the problem with that? And so what starts out as nothing separating us from God quickly becomes something that in fact does separate us from God And then we have a whole nother ball of wax to deal with. Again, David is the perfect illustration for this. This is three psalms later. We read Psalm 39, right? Where he says, where can I go? You're always around. I can never get away from your spirit. Here's Psalm 42, verse 11. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed, within me. Can you hear him wrestling perhaps with some doubts, with the expressions of faith within God? And here is his encouragement to his own soul and perhaps to yours as well. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. The fix, if this is you, maybe whether you'd describe it as a season of doubt or of dark night of the soul, is just to be faithful, is just to endure, is to go through a quiet season. So that's just some diagnosis, right? Some opportunities that if you feel a disconnect with God, maybe you can put your finger on one of them. Maybe the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on one of them this morning, and maybe he's saying, hey, there's, there's some unconfessed sin in your life. You need to be reconciled. Maybe it's to a family member, a spouse, a child, a friend. Maybe it's to God himself, and you're just going, I need, I need to repent. I need to have a hard conversation. I need to restore fellowship with God and with people around me. Maybe you're, you're going, no, you know what, I, I think that what's coming in between God and I is that I'm just not spending the time in the relationship that I need. So I need to get back into my devotional habits and rhythms. Maybe you're going, I don't think it's either of those things. I think that maybe I'm just in a season where God's a little quieter. I'd encourage you to find some people to talk about it with, to invite somebody out for coffee, to send an email, to start a conversation, and to not shy away from the feelings of doubt and quietness, but to walk bold into them because if our faith can't stand up to our doubts, then it is no faith worth having. There's one other category that I would be remiss not to mention, and that's if you feel a distance between you and God, It may be that you've never actually taken the time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It, it may be that there is a space in your life where you've always gone to church or maybe you're coming back to church or maybe faith is a new thing for you and you just haven't had the opportunity or you haven't placed a recommitment to following Jesus in your life to going, no, I want fellowship with God. And the only way to get fellowship with God is to trust in Jesus' blood which was shed for our sins that we might be cleansed and be able to spend time with God the Father through the Holy Spirit. You may be here today and going I don't think it's any of those things but I still just feel this silence, this disconnect from God and I just want to challenge you to have a short conversation in your heart of hearts and go, "God, have I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life? Not just my get out of hell free card, but have I willingly submitted my life to following him, to being a disciple, to having all the merits of sonship which includes inheritance, but it also includes chores." Have you signed up to be a part of God's family with all rights and purposes therein? Because if you are feeling a disconnect with God, there is a chance that you are missing out on a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. In other words, you're completely disconnected. It's like you don't even have a cell phone, which nobody doesn't have a cell phone today, right? But that's the issue is that you don't even have a cell phone. Why can't I make a call? Why can't I hear God? And it's because you've never accepted the gift of eternal life from Jesus. Romans 10.9 says it this way, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe the disconnect between you and God is that you haven't taken the opportunity to accept him as your Lord and Savior. We're going to go into a time of prayer, and I just want to give you the opportunity to respond to any of those requests. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to sing one more song. But in the quietness of this moment and the opportunities that you have, would you just bow your head, your hearts, close your eyes, and maybe tune me out if that's where God has you. But I would just encourage you to go to God, your Father, and to maybe ask some tough questions. Maybe something resonated with you and you're just going, I know what I need to talk about and I don't, I don't want to. This isn't the time. This isn't the space. Maybe the opposite. You're going, Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you reveal something to me? Because I feel a disconnect, but, but I don't know which of these it is. Would you ask him to illuminate? Maybe it's painfully obvious for you and you know exactly what you need to do and you just need to pray for the courage to act on it. Maybe today you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's no magic words to say. There's no special prayer that you have to say. It's a belief in your heart. And if you wanted to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, it's as simple as that. Jesus, I accept your gift of life. I want you to be my Savior, to connect me with God, and to grant me the Holy Spirit. If you pray that and believe that in your heart, then you can have salvation today, though I would encourage you to have a conversation with me or with someone else before you leave. Heavenly Father, God, what would you speak to us in this moment? What would you have us hear from you, God? Is there a sin that separates us, that comes in between, that breaks fellowship in our relationship? If so, God, I want to repent. I want to go a different direction. God, do I need to spend more time with you? God, is there nothing between us and I just need to persevere through this season? Or God, have I never actually asked you in? Heavenly Father, it's my hope and prayer that you are speaking to all of your children today, that everybody can hear your voice clearly and accurately. And God, if there's anything that's hindering your voice from being heard today, God, would you cast it out in the strong name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you come now and lay on our hearts the exact things that you would need us to do, whether it's a conversation or a prayer or a change in our habits, God would you remind us of our sonship and fellowship with you, the reality that there is nothing that separates us in all of creation from you through the power of your Holy Spirit, and God, would you help us to make the choices and the decisions that it takes to remain in close fellowship, and close proximity with you. God, I think your heart breaks when we're disconnected from you. I think that you've you've organized the universe around meeting each and every person's heart. And so, God, as we submit ourselves to that process, would you draw near to us in whatever season of life, whatever season of faith we may be in. And, God, would you give us the courage and the boldness to act on what you've laid on our hearts today. And if we don't know, would you give us the boldness to have a conversation with a friend, a spouse, a fellow believer about what maybe is coming between us and our relationship with you. Heavenly Father, nothing, you want nothing more than to be connected and in sync with us. And God, that's our prayer today as well. God, would you remove anything that's holding us back from being in a pure and holy walking relationship with you? God, would you grant forgiveness of sins? Would you grant salvation through the name of Jesus? And would your Holy Spirit come into the hearts and minds of all believers, enabling us and equipping us to follow after you in this and in every other area of our lives? All God's kids agreed together and said,